Seven billion humans on Earth can't all like the same drink. That's why Circle K has Polar Pop and Froster. Pick your flavors and make that one in seven billion mix just right for you. Polar Pop and Froster, just 79 cents each at Circle K. Limited time only at participating locations. Shut up and sit down. thinking. I went and got tacos, and I got some soft ones, and I got some crunchy ones. So, of course, I ate the soft ones first, and now I have crunchy ones left, and I'm on the air. And so that's just a dumb thing to do. I should have gotten all soft ones or ate the crunchy ones first. And so, you know, that's just, I thought I would share. No, they're really still crunchy. That's the problem. (laughs) They're really still crunchy. Um, I was trying to do some co-hosting thing, but it didn't work out the way I thought it would. Uh, and, um, Blog Talk is doing a hi-fi sound beta, so if the show sounds weird, that's why. Um, I volunteered to be a guinea pig, and this is the result. So there you go. <laughs> um, <clears throat> if there is, like, if you're encountering some kind of sound issue, drop me an email and let me know what it is so I can forward that to Blog Talk, and um, that way they can get a good idea of what is and is not working as far as the beta is concerned. But I have got no control over the audio quality whatsoever. So, um just keep that in mind. If you're having problems um, with the audio on your computer and you have the ability to have free long distance and you're in the United States, you can call the guest call-in line um, and listen that way. And that number is 646-668-2857. And that is only active when the show is live. So you can't, like, call that number when I'm offline and listen to radio shows that way. Because I had somebody ask me that once. You can't do that. Um, Lady Holder is with me tonight. And um, in two different ways. How's that working out for you, Lady Holder? (laughs) She's doing, um, I, they have this guest host function on Blog Talk. And, um, comes with a little dashboard, so we were trying to get it to work, and let me get her on the air and ask her. It's really bizarre. There's this slight echo going on. With oh, me, really? Because I've got the, the well, it's, it is for me, because I've got you going through the computer and the phone, because I'm doing backup things. Can you, so I just, can you mute the computer? Yeah, computer's muted. 
Is that better? So, yeah. Well, obviously. Yeah, because the computer one. is a little bit behind the uh-huh. phone. Yeah. So there's a, like a little. Yep, just a hair. So, since you direct connected, can is your dashboard showing you anything fun? Um, it's showing the on the air stream left. It's showing um, call connected, and it's it's giving me the, some basic stuff. It's not giving me anything other than that. I I've got a thing where I can test the mic. You can't see Apparently phone numbers I, or anything. Mm -mm. Nope. I oh, think okay. that's the only thing you can see. Well, what's the is fuck is more the point of having a co-host if they can't control the dashboard or me. help me out with that shit? I'm just saying, I don't know. this is going in my beta report. This is not extremely helpful. <laughs> yeah, well. Okay. I'm not saying I'm at that point in my radio show where I need a producer. I'm just saying <laughs> that if they're going to offer you the option for a co-host, it should be a little bit more robust than a screen that does nothing. Yeah, well, that's what I got. But let you direct connect to the show, which you can mm -hmm. do already. From the other window. Yes, well. Oops. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just saying. Mm -hmm. While talking to you, I'm, I'm not exactly through oh, with you. And, and add, add to this, I don't have access to chat unless I'm in, in another screen completely. Add to that phone. Right, yeah, because, yeah. Well, you can close that out. You don't have to use it. Because obviously it's not useful for anything okay. important. Mm -mm. You can't do jack shit with it, Apparently and you're on no. the phone anyway, so... Um, now yeah, I actually have um, three. I have three computer monitors on my desk, uh, and so I run one I, window with my dashboard and one window with my chat. Yeah. So I'm. I, yeah. I, at this point, my I'm husband is a you. is a technophile, and um, I do have a command center. God damn! I'm I so envious at this point. <laughs> No, that's the really terrible part, Dark. Um, Dark asked in the chat if the dashboard gave me, allowed me to give her more permissions, and no, it doesn't. It's just stupid. This is a stupid function. Mm -hmm. I'll be sure to put this in my report, Blog Talk. Okay. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, yesterday I was writing and I hit a wall, and really? and I don't mean like I lost creativity or. I uh, got disinterested in writing because sometimes it happens. You don't want to sit down anymore. You got to get up and go do something. You take the dog for a walk, take a shower, masturbate, whatever you got to do to get you through your day, right? <laughs> and so I'm just saying. <clears throat> anyway, so yesterday, last night, last night I'm writing, and I am – I. My sex scene took a really filthy, nasty turn, right? And so I'm writing, I and I'm writing, and suddenly I stopped writing. And I, one of – there are two things that I know about myself as a writer, and the more you write, the, know you, the more you know where your weaknesses are and where your strengths are. And here I am in the middle of two of my best features as a writer, which is writing sex and writing dialogue. I think I have some mm. of the best dialogue going on. That's my I best know, feature as a writer. <laughs> Thanks. But I just, as a writer, I know where my weaknesses are. I'm very bad with um, action. Um, I have an extremely hard, difficult time with action falling at the end of a story. 
Um, mm-hmm. But my action sequences are always like bleh to me. But my sex scenes are bam. And I know that, yeah. and I'm really proud of them. And I mm-hmm. and I have great dialogue, whether they're fucking or not. So here I it's am, very snappy. mid-sex scene and talking at the same time, and I hit a wall. I hit a wall so big. Uh, my face was, I was just, what I wanted, what was coming out of um, me as a writer for the dialogue was a little bit shocking because I've never actually used the word cunt. Um in reference to a man's ass, mm. and um, that's what I did. I did. I um, and then I thought I, I I backed off and I wrote it and then I deleted it and then I wrote it. I wrote it four times and deleted it three, um, or five and four. Anyway, I kept it, but I kept deleting it too, and I didn't know if it was because I mean it really in. For like a good 15 minutes, I was just intimidated and kind of shocked and embarrassed by what I had written because I had never done this. And I have a big issue with the feminization of gay characters in fiction. And I had to decide mm-hmm. myself for myself whether or not I was feminizing Spencer Reed or whether he was owning a concept rather than a word. And it um, it was a it was a very big moment for me because I. And I had read this story once, this Star Trek story, where Kirk and Spock are getting it on, and he says the word cunt to Spock, and Spock gets off on it. And I both love and hate that story, um, because it made me deeply uncomfortable, but it also was really hot. And then I realized I had done that to myself in my own fiction, that I had created something that made me uncomfortable, but also I found really, really hot. So when you hit that kind of wall, you have to decide for yourself if you're going to explore your discomfort or back off. And those of you who are on Rough Trade and who are reading A Delicate Balance know that I chose to explore that discomfort. And I, boom, I'm going to own it. Mm-hmm. And owning your words and owning your story and um, is is really important to me. And so staying true to my character that I had developed over these 10,000 words leading up to this moment, um, I had to let that ownership happen, and I had to embrace it. So it was a little difficult. I'm not going to lie. The thing that got me about it, though, is is it's with what happened with the, the part of the scene going earlier to that is um, – and, and part of the reason I think I can honestly say I don't have a problem with it is Spencer's reaction, because it, 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 is it okay if I actually say, or should I yeah. hold it out? Go and ahead. Tell people? Go ahead. Okay. Um, Spencer's Sorry. reaction was basically that his sentinel, he had basically told him, don't treat my ass like, like a pussy. It doesn't work that way. And as the the whole bonding, fucking wonderful scene goes on, he basically says fuck it and and you know you know go to town and treat it like a cunt and off they went <laughs> and it made all the sense in the world to me at that point it wasn't because he believes it is one it's because the other person in this particular scene was much more used to having fun with a pussy than he was with an ass so <laughs> to quote this is true to quote this a, is true to quote a certain nice older lady who just shocks the hell out of me every time I read the, the thing, 
uh, vaginas and pussies are, are much tougher than you expect them to be, and they can take a good pounding. <laughs> well, the thing so, is, is you cannot no literally have vaginal sex the same way you have anal sex because the vagina so much, is no. um, much more flexible, and it you can better. you can you can work the penis into the vagina in ways that you cannot mm-hmm. do to the anus, whether that anus belongs mm-hmm. to a man or a woman. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's just something to keep in mind, and that's what Reed was really saying: is is that you literally cannot the the anus is not as flexible as the vagina, which was what he was really saying. Mm-hmm. And um, but it got translated into uh, "Don't treat me like a lady, but be gentle," which wasn't what he wanted at all. So he had to like you know kind of push Aaron into a different mm-hmm. mindset. Um, and anyway, um, at, by the end of it, um, I, I had a little meltdown, I have to admit, in private chat with Lady Holder and Jilly and Senna and Azor, which is where I usually have my meltdowns. Um, and I, um, and you know, I can almost see the email for- being written right now that I just gave that list of people out, and it's going to go like this. Dear Kira, how do I get it on your private chats and be one of your favorites? I can just hear it coming. I can hear that email being typed right now. Stop typing it. Stop typing it. Best, best way you can do it is to grow up and actually become a responsible human being and maybe one of these <laughs> millennia, um, not anytime soon, but millennia, you might actually become be, be invited to be a mod in something. So if you yeah, because it is a moderator um, chat, but we use it yes. for more social stuff than we do actual moderator moderator stuff. Oh no, it's it it it, it comes in waves. <laughs> there there's days where it's all mod, and that that just it's a yeah. lovely day when it's that. And then there's days Asshole. where we sit there and we chat. Yeah, we chit chat. But yes, there's a lot of modding in there too. But you know, you're, you're not you being the weird person who's typing emails to stop typing the damn email. Um, you you get to be one of these people by actually being a fucking adult and not being a whiny ass who decides that your um expectations and and um entitlement are more important than actually being a constructive and useful person. So like, yeah. So fuck you very much. <clears throat> I have to go look up what passive aggressive um writing tip number three actually is. Someone in the chat room is asking about it. Um, what that means, uh, which part? Okay, my passive-aggressive writing tip number three, which is what I've been sharing in Rough Trade, is two characters are not allowed to share dialogue in the same paragraph. Also, paragraphs oh. over 250 words are a tragedy. Now, there are two if it points. Takes up half the da- damn page is too fucking page. long, assholes. <clears throat> but, and okay, two characters... <laughs> okay, characters and paragraph structure. A paragraph is a confined idea. A chapter is a collection of confined ideas on a theme. A chapter, a book, is a series of chapters collected together all in a common purpose. That's how you build a book. So, separating character dialogue 
by paragraphs is super important because otherwise it causes reader confusion. It gives the impression that your characters are literally sharing a brain. I mean, it's, it doesn't really it's, work all that well unless you're Rodney and Cadman, and even then, that didn't work. But too the well. real, yeah, what, yeah, but the real big issue is confusion. It causes confusion. So if a character is speaking. When that character is finished speaking and you close the dialogue tag, and if you have action for that character afterward that belongs with that dialogue, you leave that there. But when it's time for another character to speak, you make a new paragraph. And this is not a suggestion. This is an order. You are required to make a new paragraph. Two characters cannot speak in the same paragraph period it really doesn't it's too confusing it doesn't make sense it's it it throws the reader out of incorrect. the reader trance that too oh yeah gr gr grammatically it's terrible um craft wise it is stupid it is a dumb thing to do don't do it and if that insults people i'm i'm not sorry that's dumb okay Anybody who's mm -hmm. ever read a book should know that. I mean, it's obvious. It's obvious. The only time that happens in the fiction is stupid. <sighs> you know those books the they force you to read named? in high school? Those books. Those books. That, that's where that shit happens. And it should not happen. <clears throat> Are we happen. talking about the ones that so remember, are technically considered the classics? Oh, yes. That happens a lot in those because they didn't have a lot of rules. They didn't have a standard. Um, and uh, when in doubt, consult the Chicago Style Manual. That should be your new rule. I'll make that passive-aggressive writing tip number five. When in doubt, consult the Chicago Style Manual. <laughs> I'll make a little yeah. thing later and put that up on the group. Okay. Paragraph one of the, the, the Paragraph. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, one of the authors that I read, um, I think it was David Eddings, and it was in, wasn't in the Belgorad, it was in one of his other ones, it's his Sparhawk series, where he literally had a guy, and he had a exposition piece, and it was a half a page long. Now this was a deliberate thing that he put in there, and by the way, it was one sentence too, that made it worse. But he deliberately put it in there as a, let's see how hard or how fast I can get these people to blow their stacks by the character. It was a deliberate thing. It was a one-time thing. He didn't do this for the rest of the, the, the book that I remember. And the characters all commented that they thought it was one sentence. So everybody, both you know, reader and, and in the story, was aware that this was really weird. But you know, I, I got I got the the teaching with a two by four, uh, which was titled Clubat, um, that short and concise and and not taking up three quarters of the page is the way to go when it comes to dialogue. Correct. Dialogue. <sighs> When you're doing dialogue, if you have multiple paragraphs in dialogue, you need to respect that. If your character is speaking 700 words in a single breath or 
not really. You know what I mean? If the continuous, mm-hmm. if your character is going to monologue, you need to separate it by paragraphs to give your reader a visual break because a wall of text will get skipped, and you don't want a reader skipping your work. Now, when it comes to paragraph structure, a traditional paragraph is four to five sentences. Mm-hmm. Period. Period. That's that's it. 250 words is an extremely large amount of text. That is really the maximum you could ask of anybody to read in a single paragraph. If you take the white space, it becomes a very difficult reading experience. And the whole point, now I am not someone, I am the first one to say that it is not your job to make readers happy. Um, you write what you want to write and you hope that people enjoy it, but it's not a requirement. But you share your work because you want it to be re- um, read. And if you make your story difficult to read, no one's going to read it. And eventually your formatting will start to follow you, and people won't even want to click on your stuff because they'll know that you haven't bothered to format. You don't have paragraphs. You've got characters speaking in the same paragraph, and you can't, and, and no one can keep track of it, and your paragraphs are 500 words long, and you've got people scrolling through four or five screens, and it's still one paragraph. And so they're going to get tired of trying to interpret your art and not click on your stuff at all. Now, I write for myself, but I post for readers. If uh, It's a vanity. I don't actually write for readers, but I assume they want to read my shit, so I put it up. I do. On the Internet. I'm, I'm, Thanks. I'm shameless. <laughs> but the point is, is that I put a lot of effort into my site, making it reader-friendly, giving them options, you know, doing the accessibility plugins and doing mm-hmm. and I recently just updated my mobile platform on both Rough Trade and my website. And I do this for readers. Oh, I do cool. all of that for readers. And um <clears throat> I I do that so that they'll have an easy time taking my stuff with them and reading it wherever they may go because I vainly assume they will want to. I provide ebooks so people can download it onto their Kindle and take it with them wherever they want to go because I assume they want to. Well, I, you know, if I could figure <laughs> out how to name my Kindle my precious, damn thing would be named that. And it's mainly because of all, I mean, it's not because of the commercial ebooks I have on there. That's for darn tootin'. It's because of everything else that I have. So, you know, I'm, I'm going Sarah. to be. Yes, she my life is completely with you in it. Yes. Yeah. You know what? I tend to agree with I her. Why did I change the Rough Trade um, graphics? L- let me tell you a story about that. The original <laughs> Rough Trade graphic with the red and the hot cowboy and the ride it theme, that was just supposed to be for one Rough Trade event, and I was going to kind of trade them out on a regular basis, you know, just kind of, you know, make a theme of it and just do it all, you know, over and over again. But then this asshole emailed me and demanded that I change the photo on Rough Trade <laughs> because she felt like the banner wasn't work safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, fuck you very much. And it made me mad 
So I kept it just that way on purpose just to be an asshole. And that is the straight up truth. So I changed it recently because I wanted to have a new look and I like to explore things and do things. But originally I only kept that hot, sexy cowboy guy because that woman complained about my my rough trade site not being work friendly. And I'm like, fuck you, lady, mm-hmm. don't read my shit at work. And so, yeah. But actually, the reason that Kira's site is so plain and doesn't look like porn on the outside is because I did make my my main site uh, safe for work. That's the whole point, right? Mm-hmm. It's got stars on it instead of a hot guy on the front, is that I made my Kira site extremely friendly to people on the job so they well, wouldn't get in trouble if someone walked by and read it, which is why I also keep my art galleries buried a little mm-hmm. and you got to work to find them because there's naked people in those yes one of the one of the the um minions who's around a lot which is you know azure who has absolutely not an ounce of shame um has been known to look at stuff at work and rather than get her in trouble you know it's just easier and safer all around if we don't i think it's half the reason i mean uh, I know I don't have anything interesting going on online. So. Well, I would say is that has no shame. I'm not recommending that you read my site at work because if your internet is monitored. Well, yeah, but you you, you do it on your phone. Yeah, right? of course. <laughs> oh yeah, my office my office would would the, the 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 computer system would probably keel over and die if I tried to type yours in. Well, the reason is it's because both Kira and Rough Trade, while they're both visually from the outset very work friendly right now, you need to keep in mind that those filters on your internet aren't just looking at graphics. They're picking <laughs> up word content, and I use cock like I own it. You do. I, I thought do. you filed for trademark on that thing. I really do. I do own it. Yeah. <laughs> I own mm-hmm. all the dick. And um. Mm-hmm. Uh. Lucky for you, Sarah. So yeah. We don't. So those filters at work—they're not only just seeing mm-hmm. graphics or picking up um, that kind of thing. They're also looking at content. So I really super don't recommend if your internet is monitored or you think it might be monitored that you read my stuff at work. I really don't. Ties that bind yeah, alone I... get people fired. <laughs> mm, yeah. I'm just saying. Oh, I'm I'm just agreeing too. Um, Buy yourself yeah, a Kindle and my... download the ebooks. I'm almost ready yes. to. Um, I'm one part away from finishing the first arc of Stargate for Ties that bind. Oh yeah. Um, and there, and there'll be an ebook do. for Woo-hoo. that. <laughs> um, I'm uh. Preparing an ebook for Harry Potter and the Soulmate Bond. I'm also going to do ebooks for my individual Sentinel stories this month in July, so that'll be fun. I used to read porn at school. I didn't give a shit. But I didn't get paid to be there. I paid to be there. And and there's a difference. When you get paid to be somewhere, you have to monitor yourself and respect their rules. But when you're paying to be somewhere, you do whatever the fuck you want. I. I sit here and I sit in my my desk and I've been known to be kicked back reading ties that bind. I have a coworker who, um, at one point or another, has asked me questions about stuff because she hears me giggling, 
And her reaction is, what are you giggling over? And my reaction is something I've read or something I'm seeing because, you know, Azure rule and I click on stuff and lo and behold, there's some interesting stuff that happens when I click on her, uh, her links. And um, the reaction then is, uh, what did you see? It's like, well, um, the answer is, is that, you know, it's fully up to you if you actually want to find out what I was reading or, or, or looking at. And I put my my phone or my um, my tablet on my desk and it's got the cover closed on it and it's totally up to her if she wants to be brave <laughs> something like 95% of the time she wants to be brave and she flipped it open and she'd look at it and or she'd read oh it and her, and her reaction she was a nice sheltered girl before I got hold of her um, and hard. her reaction yeah I know was I've never seen somebody blush so hard or so fast. <laughs> wow, it's, it's an interesting trick. So, you know, she's she's actually learned discretion and, and um, caution now. And she got the Azure rule from hard-won experience. And then she moved off my team, and I didn't, you know, interact with her for about a year and a half. And she moved back to my team, and... Now she hears me giggling, and she looks at it, and she goes, do I really want to know? I said, no. She's like, okay, show me anyhow. So, you know, at that point, <laughs> not my fault. Totally not my fault. You know, she took I won't tell you the, a story. The, the, I won't tell you a story about Azure and the Azure rule. Do not eat or drink anything while you're on the Internet, because eventually that Breathing shit will go up your too. nose. Breathing and, is so um, I, uh, It really is. I have gotten coffee, <laughs> most memorably cantaloupe, or was it watermelon? <laughs> Both, maybe. Um, and last night, Sierra Miss. But I'm going to tell you a story Ooh. about Azure and the chat room. I have a chat room on my site, and most of you have been in there. And, it's a lovely site. Um, one thing. time or another, and it's full of porn, and I know this. Well, one night I am writing, and um, I leave the chat room up, and I am actually at a coffee house, and I leave the chat yeah. room, and I go to the bathroom. Now, Grant, now when I left the chat room, you know what was going on in there? They were having a discussion about puppies and sharing pictures of puppies. Okay, I didn't think about it. I come back. Two people, and there are four people I don't know in a circle around my table. And what is Azure sharing? Dicks of dude. I I I was like, "What are you guys oh, doing?" God. And they're like, "I what?" And I and I just closed my laptop. Is it and I went, okay, you bitches have seen enough. And yeah, she's just sharing. And one of them, his dick was all the way down to his knee. And I'm sure. Oh yeah, I think I've got that picture. She'd be happy to share that shit with you. She'll share it with you. I think I've got that picture somewhere. I bet you do. Um, But if you go into the chat room on any given night and you ask Azura to show you the dick as long as that man's knee, he she will whip it out for you. Of course. And at one point, the penis copter was deployed as well. So, and it was two men and two women, 
and they were just standing in a little circle around my computer just looking at the chat room. And it was like, you know, I, I didn't even. <laughs> yes. Here's the thing. And and we got told this, and, and it's by we, I mean Kira and I. And we really didn't believe it, but apparently this is this is the legit truth. There are people out there who get into to the chat room because they find Kira's site and they fall in love with her stories and they they log in and oh lo and behold there's a chat and we can talk to people. And they're apparently very surprised about the fact that Kira and I get on there or Jilly for that matter get on there and we are totally normal people who sit there and we laugh and we scratch and we and we sit there and choke just as hard as the rest of them at the shit that deserve posts up and it's like yeah we're normal you know this is our version of how to relax so the penis copter you know, is a picture of a porn star who has an erection and he is and nice around like the blades of a helicopter in a circle. And um, he has this big grin on his face that's saying, look at my dick, how pretty it is. It's a nice dick. Let us it's be real nice here. Dick. It is a very nice dick. It is a very nice dick. Uh, it's a great dick. Uh, I ain't going to lie. Um, uh, I'm not mad at see. it. Let's put it that way. It, no. It's a great I've, I've asked for a link. I've asked for a link, so maybe maybe I'll get one. Um, you will. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's the penis copter, and it was deployed. And for the rest copter. of the night, those assholes um, just continuously like looked over at me, like for like in any minute I was going to strip off all my clothes and do some kind of porn act right there on the table. I don't know, but yeah, that that happened. So after that, I stopped putting the chat room on when I was in public. <laughs> the only Probably way that could have actually been worse would be if my mother had been there with me. She wasn't, but that would have been the only way it could have actually been more difficult. Your mother probably would have been sitting there and egging everybody on. It would have been, she would have closed the laptop, and when I came back, it would have been like this. Honey, I had to close your laptop because your little friends were sharing porn pictures. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. But so, my mama you know, is, is loudmouthed. She is, um, but she's also very Southern, and she's a fucking lady, and she'd like you to remember that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, You know, the problem with the she said that She said that a few months ago, actually. I We were, um, uh, my dad, she'd asked him to do something for her, and um, he hadn't done it yet. And it was like something to do with the lawnmower. She was not going to go outside and push the lawnmower. Uh-huh. I think he was, she, um, she wanted him to trim, um, oh, my mama grows this stuff called monkey grass in her flower beds Why? to kind of fill up the flower beds so they look robust. It's a thing. Um, and she wanted him to go out there and trim that grass, and um, she he, he kept putting it off and not doing it and not doing it. And my mother isn't going to be out there doing that kind of labor. Um, and uh, she oh, goes shit. out on the porch. She goes out on the back porch, and there she is. And 
my dad is out there in his garage, and she yells over at him. And she says, and I want you to trim that fucking grass. And he says, do it yourself. She says, I'm a lady, and I'd like you to fucking remember it. Oh, my God. I don't do manual labor. I'm retired. And then she huffed her ass back into the house. And I do want you to know that my dad did, did trim her grass that very same day. You know, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I used to wonder where you got your attitude about pumping gas from. I know now. I know exactly now where you get. Dark evidence is um, evidence. I can't say your. I'm not sorry. Dark. Um, uh, Dark evidence. Yes, if the monkey grass was uh, dark green or variegated, it's variegated. It's really pretty. It's really pretty. Mm -hmm. Um, it makes her flower beds look beautiful, but it gets. It get it's gotten taller than than some of her smaller flowers, and it was making her mad. And so, but but he did he did trim that down. Oh, okay. Now I'm now I'm tempted to click on the link that Joey just provided <laughs> because you know. Now, see, oh, this is hello. interesting because it brings back to my problem that I had with writing, that I have no problems discussing porn, discussing dick pictures, um, talking about looking at dick in public, or even masturbation. But apparently I had a real hard time with a male character calling his ass a cunt. What is that? You know, it doesn't I, even I, make any sense. I think I actually, I think part of the reason I don't blink about it is because I, I've read a little, well, I've read rather wild, widely and seen um, some very interesting takes on characters. So their attitudes towards the receptive portion of the, the program just don't really bug me all that much. So, the you know, recalling it that, my reaction to it was, okay, that's hot, and off we go. <laughs> For me, it was just, you know? I don't know. I mean, I I was kind of shocked by my reluctance to to write um, this, even though, because the, the thing is, is, when I'm writing, um, I plan a lot in advance. I do, I do all my world building and character building. Mm -hmm. I do all my plotting. And then by the time I'm writing, I'm completely out of that process where I'm making decisions. I've already made all my mm -hmm. decisions. My process is complete. So now I'm just writing. And while I did not plan to use the word cunt, I did plan for this scene to be explicit. And so in the writing, it took a turn um, that I didn't expect it to take. And I um, I just, uh, my face, it was like I got an instant sunburn. I was just, my, I was so embarrassed. And that is so weird. Because I don't have that kind of, um, I don't have that kind of response to my own writing. And so to, to do that to myself, it was, it was just very interesting. And we talked earlier well, in the, in the mind about owning yourself and owning mm -hmm. your words and not assigning, um, sentience to your characters so mm -hmm. you can blame them for the things that you do and say. So I could say like, well, I did, I personally would not have said it, but Reed did. Because like, that's, that's not what happened. I used that word. Um, but mm -hmm. a lot of writers like to um, disassociate themselves from their own work and blame 
figments of their imagination for what's happening. They blame a muse or they blame a character. Oh, I didn't mean for this to happen. The character just did what they want. The, no. The part of my brain and part of my the part of my personality that is the creative portion, okay? Um, yeah, I can cheerfully label that my muse, okay? Because for a long time I didn't use it, okay? And I got teased and um, double dog dared and basically told that you know it's it's wonderful that you want to share in this and and you know in this particular process, but go write your own stuff. And that part of my personality, sure, I'll <laughs> label that as my muse. Um, because, to be perfectly honest, that's about what it is. And honestly, there's days I have a feeling that my muse in, in that particular version of my personality is from the ones like the ones from Hercules, where they're sitting there in the Greek course and heckling the rest of me and, you know, double dog daring me to get my ass in gear. So, yeah, let's just call it that. But my characters write what I decide they're going to do. I've sat there with my hands on my keyboard determining that, no, they're not going to go left at Albuquerque. They're going to turn right. And that's how I, I, I make things work. And sometimes I sit there and I go, you know, the left at Albuquerque was the right thing to do. And I backspace and I go left at Albuquerque. Um but that's the way it's going to be. And in this case, I honestly am of the opinion that for everything that you have dealt with and read and and you don't handle well the feminization of a character who happens to be male and in canon is not femme. All right. There are some characters out there who are, in which case the feminization of them works because, hey, they already are. But the character in question is not. Okay. He's a very brilliant, very focused and strong character who owns who and what he is. And you have not deviated from that core section of his personality for your story. In this case, he's somebody who really likes sex, really wants what he wants, and he's going to get it of his partner come hell, high water, or his partner's sensibilities. Okay? He tried to be delicate, and then he said, fuck it. And in more, to be more blunt about it, he said, fuck me. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the thing is, I was thinking about it all day today. Um, not all day. I slept a lot, to be honest. I was up all night. So I slept a little bit. Um, but when I was awake, I was thinking about it. And I I tried to put other mm-hmm. characters in that position where they would say that word. And I realized that I would have absolutely no problem with Rodney saying it. Mm-hmm. And then I realized I it's because I was very sensitive to... Patrick, no, Patrick couldn't say it, but um, huh. or he could, but it it, it wouldn't be genuine. Um, It'd be artificial um, as hell. Yeah, I think that what it boils down to is that I was super sensitive going into this sex scene, maybe even going into the story at all, with the idea of accidentally um, feminizing Reed. Because he is mm-hmm. physically um, slender, and he's he's frankly a beautiful 
a beautiful young man, mm-hmm. and I was worried that I would feminize him by accident, which is like the most disgusting thing I see in um, in, in gay fiction is the uh, – and the thing is, okay, I, I need to – if a character is like transitioning, um, that is different than say – and that's not like what I'm talking about – I'm not talking about transitioning or transgender or um, even um, like dressing as a woman, you know, cross-dressing, drag. I'm not talking mm-hmm. about that. I'm talking about the um, that a lot of writers write a male character into a feminine role so they are more comfortable with them, and they subjugate that character and basically turn them into a girl with a dick. And I'm, and that makes me deeply uncomfortable because it ends up being about subjugation and about dominance. And there was something mm-hmm. said in Rough Trade, um, in the Rough Trade group, that really put me off, and I'm not going to put the person on the spot with this. So I'm not going to say who said it. Um they talked about a character being strong and being alpha and being on top because apparently for some people, um, and they explained it, they explained themselves later and didn't mean what I thought they meant. But I've seen this plenty of times in fandom where they associate dominance and alpha behavior with being the person who penetrates because they they assume that a bottom or a woman is um, to be subjugated in a sexual relationship, so therefore an alpha male wouldn't take it in the ass. Yeah, and I sex isn't about that, because... that. Even in dominant submission yeah. games, the penetration is the last part of it. That's not what it's about. It's about mentality and about personality development and growth, and it's about um, a mental presentation. It has really, literally, nothing to do with your actual fucking okay. let me be blunt use an, um use i have top and bottomed as a sub and a dom and um even when i am in a normal situation and i'm the one getting the dick trust me when i say i'm not being subjugated and the idea that if the person being penetrated is submissive or weak or because that goes hand in hand right or um beta is so fucking insulting. And over and over again, I see these these male characters reduced to a female role, and the inequality that comes with that is infuriating. Now, Jilly said in a um, radio show a couple, maybe back, maybe two back, um, that one of the reasons why she stopped reading Het was because she was tired of seeing um, women subjugated in relationships. Can't say as a blamer for that. Um, what I was going to say is, um, you have a very good example of a character who enjoys, to a very firm degree, um, taking it. You know, taking the the um, the receptive role in the relationship, and by that I mean he's the one getting the cock, and that would be Evan and Ties the Bind. Now, Evan well, is... I wrote Evan that way on purpose because I got mad. Yeah. Well, that's fine. 
but what I'm saying, what I'm saying is he's he is at the start of this unapologetically and very bluntly a dumb. He there there's no hiding that portion of his personality. That there there is no bushel on Earth or on Atlantis that's going to hide that man. Okay, um, and he particular he he likes getting cock and he likes getting fucked. So he's going to get what he wants. And if that means that his sub is going to lay there and, you know, get bluntly asked, how hold, how long can you hold the erection? Well, then Maddie's going to say, as long as you want me to, sir. And that is pretty much a quote from, from that particular scene. And Evan wrote, you know, <laughs> It's Evan my favorite saved a horse. scene. He wrote a cowboy. Them. Yeah, Evan yeah, saved a horse. He wrote a cowboy. That's totally my favorite <laughs> scene between them um, because it says so much about dominance and penetration because um, they're not, um, they should not be equated uh, because Mm-mm. it's in, it's two different things. Um Oh, very. Uh, and really, it's a terrible problem in fandom. And I think, and I'm going to lay this at the feet of female writers. Um, I don't see this in male writers. I I read a lot of male writers, and um, both in real life and in fandom. And you can always tell a male writer from a female writer. I I can. I have never made a mistake on that front. Um, I there's there's just a difference. Um, well, it also depends. Claire says on... it's not feminization; it's wimpification, and I agree. It is wimpification, and it's ugly. And I don't know why female writers. Um, yeah, I do. They turn one of the char- the male characters into a bastardized female version without something. actually being brave enough to make them female. Mm-hmm. Um in order to relate better to part of their story, which mm-hmm. is ugly. It's, it, that's just so ugly. Oh, my God. Oh, God. That's just so terrible. I can't believe I just thought mm-hmm. that. Oh. We get taught certain things as we grow up. You know, um, sit there and look pretty. Don't Don't do this. Don't do that. You're supposed to be a lady. You know, why are you Close doing, you know, why are you doing this? You know, um, you're, you're let the boys do this because they're boys. No, and you know that's that's something that um, we're having to to deal with, and to um, as we get older, learn to not only overcome but work our way around. Because you know we get told year after year after year when we're children that this is not how you do things. This is not how a girl reacts. And when you say fuck it and do what you feel is appropriate for you anyhow, the real world fallout, okay, um, it can be anything from mild censure to outright, you know, there is a problem with you and I'm going to fix it. And Meanwhile, so, the Republicans you, in Congress have passed a law that will allow them to fire single women no, to get pregnant. They, 
it got it got passed. I thought it was up for uh, it, I thought it was up for vote. I thought it, it I didn't think it had passed yet. I thought they passed it. No, I it's up for vote. It's up being for. passed. It's it. the fact that that bill exists at all is fucking ridiculous. Oh yeah, it's horrific. Now supposedly it's a religious freedom bill, but fuck Bullshit. you. Bullshit. Fuck you. Oh my god, fuck you. Um, I want to tell you a story. In high school, um, I um, this is. Could be a little weird for my male, my male listeners, but mm-hmm. bear with me. Um, I developed early, mm-hmm. and so by the time I was a um, sophomore in high school, I was mm-hmm. in a um, a D cup bra. That's that's significant. Um, I'm in a double D now, and my breasts weigh about 14 pounds. Just to give you a little bit okay. of reference, and double D doesn't mean that it's I'm a twice the D. Um, don't be as painful. Um, so I'm saying I probably have between seven, eight, maybe ten pounds of breasts on my chest at 14, at sophomore year, which would make me 16-ish, mm-hmm. 15, 16-ish. Um, I don't honestly remember. 15, 16, somewhere yeah, in that area. Some, I was in a bra by the time I was in the fifth 14, grade. 14, 15. Yeah, 14, yeah, 15. So yeah. 15, maybe, because it's my birthday. Yeah, 15. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, had all this on my chest, and um, I never even had a training bra. I went straight into a C-cup at, like, 12 years old. It sucked. It was terrible. Now, there was another girl in my class, and she was just as large as me um, in the in the tit department, and so we kind of, like, you know, Oh, the titty fairy came and visited um, you two, but hard, right? Like 15 times that bitch visited me. It was ridiculous. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, this boy, um, he liked to pop her bra. He never touched me. He liked to do it to her. And um, she. And the thing about when you have a chest our size, you don't get to wear those cute little bras that have the tiny strap in the back with the, little, the two little clips. My bra's got four clips. And they're metal. So he would pull uh-huh. her bra back, and she actually, the time that she complained, he did it so hard, she had blood on her back. And so uh-uh. she goes to our biology teacher, who was a man, to complain because he has popped her bra four times that day, and he has made her bleed. And he says to her, in front of the whole class, he's just being a boy. Ignore him. And before I could help myself, my mama came out, and I said, what he really means is it's okay for him to hurt you because you're a girl. Uh-huh. Yeah. Pretty much. And I got sent to the principal's office, and then so did she. And the pre- and the teacher ended up in there. And, I, and um, they were lecturing me for you know what I said. Well, I said, well, that's what he means, right? I said because she's bleeding. He, th- this boy has done this to her so much today that we had to go into the bathroom and put band-aids on her back to keep the blood off her shirt. But it's okay because he's a boy. He's just being a boy, which means it's okay for a boy to hurt her because he's just being mm-hmm. a boy. Mhm. And we got sent back to class, and he got um detention and the next time he did it she turned around and she need him in the groin she not need Good for she her. kicked him like a pro soccer player and put him down on the ground and she said i think that's what you deserve for just being a boy 
and she walked away. It was like the badass <laughs> moment of her life. I was like, oh, my God, I have a crush on you. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he never did it to me because she was the quiet one. She was the one that would take it, and then one day she stopped taking mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And then he never bothered her again. I don't say that. Of course, it could be because now. every time he got near her, his dick started to hurt. I don't know what kind of psychosomatic <laughs> response a man has to that kind of experience. Because I don't actually have my, my my theoretical dick is big, but it's theoretical. Yep. Um, but I'll tell you this: I rarely ever, even at my age ish, um, and don't ask my age. I'm over thirty. Um, even now, um, that I'm older, that I'm married, um. 20 pounds heavier than I was, you know, even now, even now, I do not have a conversation with a man where he spends the majority of that time looking at my face because most men in my life that I'm not related to talk to my tits. Even my own husband is guilty of this. My own husband is guilty of this. Not like all the time, but his gaze will drop to my tits 15, 20 times in a conversation. He just can't even help himself. He's like, boom, boom. But in his defense, he married me so he can look at my tits. <laughs> yes, but that, you know, that one you it's don't the rest so of these assholes that need to stop. <laughs> uh-huh. See, the thing for me is, is when I, when I hit puberty, I'm 12 years old. I look like a grown-up. All right, literally, my face looked adult. My figure looked adult. I was of an adult height, and that's an important thing to consider here. My kid sister, okay, who is roughly three years younger than me, looked her age and younger at the time. And I had somebody. I knocked and knocked on the door. You know, I opened the door and and. Whoever this person, whoever this person is, asked me, "Is your husband home?" No, I'm 12, motherfucker. What the hell are you saying about husband? <laughs> you don't live in that section of the of the world, you know. And the guy's going, "Oh shit, okay," because I look physically adult. All right, I had somebody ask me at 12 when I'm hanging out with my my little sister. Oh, your daughter looks so good. Oh, fuck you. That's my kid's sister. You know, really? So, yeah. By the time I was 15, grown men were asking me out. Grown men. I mean, my father were asking me out. And it was really deeply uncomfortable. By the time, um, thankfully, I didn't really seem to have that particular thing going on. I think they might have been afraid of my dad go dad um but a lot of the guys i went to high school with um there there was an incident because i i'm one of the the kids who literally i was in marching band so you know that one time at band camp bullshit it kind of reminds me but um (laughs) one one of the guys who yeah i know one of the guys who was in the band you know we're we're all you know, doing our thing. We've had a, a football game. We've had a, a marching band thing. We're all out, you know, talking and laughing and scratching afterwards. And he he looks at me and he says, well, why isn't your sister here? You know, she's, she's 
you know, I'd, I'd love for her to be here. And I said, she's 12. And his reaction was, oh, fucking A. And I saw him get together with all the rest of the guys who had been talking to my kid's sister. And from that point on, all the guys who'd wanted in her pants at that point were instead saying, this is how you keep a boy out of your pants. Okay. Because she's just 12, assholes. That's jailbait. Oh, my God. They freaked, they freaked I out was totally so hard. I, I was 15. I was 15. I looked 20. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, men would ask me out in front of my mother. Mm-hmm. They assumed we were sisters. And oddly enough, we still do pass oh. sisters regularly. Um, <clears throat> yeah, not so much with my mom, unfortunately. But, yeah. Mom, can, well, see, here's the here's the trick. Um, here's a trick. It's a Southern girl thing. I'm gonna share it with you. Um, when your mom starts to get gray, it's appropriate for you mm-hmm. to start buying the same hair dye. That way, well, here's you have thing. a similar shade of hair, so people assume you're both younger than you are. But, and then it looks natural. It doesn't look dyed because you all have the same variant of hair color. So me and my sister and my stepsister and my mom, we all use the same hair dye. So we all look um, like mothers and, you know, mother and daughter, and none of us look are gray-headed. So we look like 15 years younger than we really are. And it looks my natural because like we're all had- using the same shade. My mom looks like she has been in the sun more than me because her hair is shades lighter than mine. That's not a problem. I have to wonder, though, there's a, been a couple times when Barb and I have been out and we've been, you know, we sit there and, and you know, it's at the run fair and we're eating each other's food and we're in each other's space. And a couple people have give, been giving me the hairy eyeball of what the fuck over. And it's like, yeah, no. <laughs> But you know, I they thought you were a couple. <laughs> yes, they did. I really. I do wonder think. how many I don't people know. Barb knows have that. thought thought me and my mom were actually a couple of lesbians um, because we go around everywhere don't together. Don't you two look too far alike? You guys, you look. You we guys do look too far, resemble, too but you know, mm-hmm. couples that have been, um, been together for a long time, they start to resemble mm-hmm. too. You know that. If I start like resembling himself. If I start resembling himself, that means I've shaved my head, and that's ridiculous. I don't do that. Because <laughs> he has me. I, I buzz his head every week, you know, when he's working. So, no. But, yeah, so when your mom gets old, it's your obligation in the South to start dyeing your hair a similar color so that it looks natural oh, and she doesn't look like she's dyeing her hair. I don't dye you. my hair. I don't dye my hair. How's that for horrific? Oh, I've been dying my hair since I was in my 20s. I have dyed my hair before. I've dyed my hair red. I considered it a fair warning because if they didn't take the warning of the red hair, you know, woe be be upon them. But, you know, at this point, I don't dye my hair. My hair is a nice mahogany brown that has enough silver in it that I'm starting to look at it and going, I'm wondering what the hair is doing because my, my, my mahogany brown hair is wavy and curly. The silver, I'm, it looks Gray like it's coming in wiry. straight. It's coming yeah, it's in weird. straight. It's weird. <laughs> and the gray hair is like harder. I don't know what it is, but um, what I would say is that uh, I just really thought on my fucking head. 
Well, I'm rather attached to my gray know. hair. Never mind. Never mind. Whatever. Oh, I don't even know what my natural hair color is anymore. I have I dyed do? my hair for so long. Uh, it's probably gray. Um, I do. Now, the first thing that goes when I, when I need to get my hair dyed is I have a uh, a rogue lock in the front of my hair that's entirely silver. Uh-huh. Like pencil um, silver. It's really shiny. Huh. That's impressive. Terrible. I dye it out all the time. I, I touch that up twice a, twice a month. Jesus. No, not so much. Yeah. Yeah, I use um uh, uh chestnut brown. You know, and um I, I have been dyeing my not hair have since I was 24. Feet. Yeah, I was 24 I think the um, I dyed my hair and I don't have a single problem with it. I'll dye my hair the day I die. Well, you know, if I'm if I've got anything to say about it, I'll make sure that you've got a nice, you know, wash in yours when we do this. Do you want do you want to be uh, displayed, or would you prefer a closed casket? <laughs> I'm cremated, baby. I no, yeah, sticking me in the ground. No. Okay, well then we'll make <laughs> then, then how about this? We'll make sure we'll we'll make sure that at your um, let's all gather together and talk shit about the deceased thing. Um, that there's pictures of you at your best, all displayed. <laughs> and, yeah, no gray hair, none. Make sure my nails are done, too. Um, but, yeah, if I If they show uh, up in the know, picture, then sure. Yeah, I have a wake. No, it's not so much of a wake. Well, it's not so much of a wake. Well, yeah, I mean, I think we, I we had a wake for my father-in-law. We had a wake for my father-in-law. Party. There was enough... There was enough booze to float the ti- fucking Titanic. It was great, you know. And we we okay. Just just for for all the 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 minions and all. My my dearest husband is Irish, and my father in law was Irish from Ireland. He had the accent and all. It was great stuff. And when it came time for his wake, um, we basically had a. I think I got there on Wednesday, and the service was on Saturday. So every night from the from the day I got in, we had a family-only wake up until the actual wake that was the official one. And I don't drink enough to keep up with those people. Jesus Christ, I don't keep up. I, I just don't. My liver sat there and said, I give somewhere around... I think it was drink seven or eight, and I just said fuck it, and you know, continued to to work my way through my drinks. And oh god, there's things I don't I don't want to remember about that that week. But my father-in-law oh. was a good man, and he had a wake. I and it was Irish appropriate. I had. <laughs> I want to. I'm not Irish, but I want to wake. Um. I okay. um I'll throw you uncle. I had I I have um I have many aunts and uncles, but I had one uncle in particular who was a real asshole. And um when it came time for his memorial service, he had a letter that he wanted read at his memorial service and we all agreed it should be oh, read. But none of us actually wanted to read it. Um oh, and God. I got voted to read it 
and I agreed to oh, read God. it, and so I go up to the front, and, and I, his coworkers are there. There were like 400 people at this fucking funeral. I want you to know that the and minister had he, already and spoken, that an and there had been music. He is, he was, he could have taught assholery at Cambridge, okay? I mean, <laughs> at a PhD level, wow. I'm not even kidding. Oh, God. Oh, God. He could have taught assholery to British people at a PhD level. Okay, just or maybe even the French. Oh, oh God, he was terrible. That's a, okay. That's not that I'm saying the French are assholes. I'm just saying that some people, some countries have a better grasp of being. The the, the best people I know others. apparently who can be assholes are, are apparently the Russians. Oh God, I heard that. You too. know. <laughs> anyway, so I go up there to read my uncle's uncle's letter, and I had read the letter in advance of um the reading and I get up that there and um I look around and I said, Those of you who know me, um, know that I don't apologize often and when I do uh-huh. I am um really sincere in the apology. So I want you all to know that I am extremely sorry for what I'm about to read and everybody laughs. Uh-huh. I said, those of you, I oh, assume God. you all know my uncle very well, and so I I feel like nothing that is in this letter isn't something um, he probably hasn't said to your face. Um, oh, God, no. And he oh, started the letter with, well, since I'm dead, I feel like I should let you know how I really feel about you. I'll never forget this. Every single oh. one of you can kiss my ass. Oh. Now, thankfully, he oh didn't my. mention anybody by name, but he did my call favorite. out um, several people in my family for whoring. Um, he had quite a lot to say to his boss, who was, um, oh uh, to quote him, uh, a stupid fucking asshole who could make Abe Lincoln scream. And for those of you who don't know, Abe, I mean, if you're not in the United States, Abe Lincoln is on the um, penny, and he's talking about uh-huh. penny pinching, being stingy. Um, and, oh, God, oh, God, like five people left the memorial service oh, like, during the reading that's... of the letter. And then... I ended it, and I said, and again, I would like to apologize on behalf of everyone but my uncle because he's not sorry at all in anything that he said in this letter, wherever he may be. And then I kind of looked down. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even help myself. Oh, God. I said, and then I paused, and then I said, and um, just to let you people who aren't related to us know, my uncle his name, wasn't even the worst of us. There'll be food. Oh, Jesus. And then I gave an address. <laughs> I said, for those of oh, you Jesus. who would like to follow us to the funeral home, I mean, to the cemetery, so that you can watch my uncle go in the ground for your own peace of mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I thought it was so. terrible. It was terrible. Oh, my God. So, I think it- yeah, I think I mentioned that that terrible. um, 
my family, real thing, really recently, um, my grandmother died, and she was 102, almost 103. And my grandmother, the kindest thing I can say about the woman, aside from the fact that she loved my sister and I, is is that my grandmother was a bitch. All right, that is the kindest thing I can say about that woman. Um, and she made no bones about it when she was compassmented. At the end of her life, she wasn't. But while she still had her brains, she knew she was a bitch. She didn't care that she was a bitch. She hated my father. She didn't like my brother-in-law. She loved my husband because he was Irish and therefore not a filthy American. By the way, these are almost quotes. These are things I heard all my life. And my husband, being the asshole that he is, greeted my grandmother before our marriage by saying, Ah, oh, so you're Lady Holder's Nanaya are. <laughs> and a pause because she almost said her real name. <laughs> yes, I did. But the Ah, oh, so you're Lady Holder's Nanaya are. <laughs> my father and my brother-in-law are standing there watching this scene, and both of them looked at my, at that time, fiancé and did the, the whole, I'm going to vomit, you know, signal where they, they, you know, yeah. And my grandmother sat there and just did the, oh, that's so lovely. I, you, if I was 20 years younger, I'd try for him and my hus- husband to be, his reaction was, oh, fuck me, save me. I left him on his own. He deserved everything he got. You're on your own. Back to to, um, writing a little bit, um, because there's been a question (laughs) in the chat room, and it's about um, dialogue and um, action. Um, When you're using action and dialogue in the same, you should attach action to the speaker, in the same paragraph, but if the action belongs to a different person in the scene, you should have your person's dialogue and then make a new paragraph for that action. So if the action doesn't associate, if if the action doesn't belong to the speaker, you need a new paragraph. This prevents confusion because if you, well, I guess there could be an exception, like if you said, um, if like. <clears throat> Well, a you know, person I guess responds I could the- to like physically to what your character is saying. Like, if your character says "shut the fuck up," and the other person in the scene takes a step back, and then your character speaks again, and then it becomes um, something else. But if your character speaks and ends their speech, and there's nothing after that, and it requires and it makes it creates action for your other character just to avoid confusion. And I'm using my hands here, like like, like you can fucking see them. You should separate that into a, into a different paragraph. So when in doubt, always you, you make a new one. Using an example of what we were just talking about. So ah, uh, so you're 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 lady holders, and now you are, and everyone flinched. That could be all in one paragraph and then the next paragraph could be somebody commenting on on the the whole bullshit that was my family <laughs> you know but just um just and no the, we're not doing just, video chat no god but no fuck if no you, please 
if you, yeah, I would like to get dressed for that shit. Not that I'm currently naked, but I did confess to in chat earlier in the week being naked during one of my radio shows. It's up to you oh, to figure God. out which one. I'm not telling. I'm drunk, so no. Um, There's not a hope. I kind of figured you were drinking. Um, yeah, I am. Not that I think she drinks a lot. Yeah. Um, but, no. uh. <laughs> no, people have to guess. I'm not going to read title it. That will ruin it. I don't even know people, and we share too much and on a day to day basis, anyhow. In <laughs> Lady Holder's example, to give that action more emphasis, you could give it a separate paragraph. Mm-hmm. That gives it more impact. It gives it a great deal of impact if you separate it out. So that it's more of a group reaction and you separated it from the dialogue. But um, <clears throat> your your goal as a writer is to be creative. But if you're going to share your work with other people, you need to have a secondary goal of making yourself clear. And because you know what you know what happens when you confuse your readers. That great big they email you and ask you questions. Well, okay. There's there are two kinds of response to that. If you're um, fucking up and confusing your reader, they're either going to close your story and never go back, or they're going to send you a big ass fucking email asking you to explain yourself. Now, I much prefer people just to close my shit and move on, but I don't often encounter that kind of person. I get the ones that email me. So my goal when I get ready to post something on any given day is to create a situation where I don't get assholes in my email asking me to explain myself. No, you just get assholes occasionally. Well, you know, you you get the people like me who, you know, legitimately just want to set up camp in your brain and enjoy stuff, but, you know, and then there's the rest of them, you know, but whatever. Um, the, the, the thing to remember when you read something like this is if you are, before you have, have, let me back up a little bit. When you write something, okay, and you are getting ready to post an item. By the time you are getting ready to post, I would have expected, and and I'm willing to bet um, Kira would have expected, or any of the rest of us who've done beta work would have expected either you to have found a beta, or if you don't find a beta or somebody you're willing to trust with your story to do a beta, that you have read over your story and looked at it critically and determined, does this make sense? Okay. If you think it makes sense, you know, then then great. Post and take your take your chances with the the, the rest of the world at large. You've got an area where you are not too sure. Does this make sense? I found that the easiest and the best method to make sure that I am not um, I'm not sounding like Yoda or I'm not sounding like the person who has a run-on sentence with no punctuation, is to read it, okay? If out loud. you read it and you, and yeah, you read it out loud, and it sounds appropriate, it sounds like something that could happen in a real conversation, then hey, you're great, okay? You, you've written 
something that makes sense, okay? If you come up with something that sounds like Yoda, you've got a problem, unless you're trying to write Yoda, in which case, hey, you're perfect. Um, Sarah has a comment on, on the chat that says, but in saying that, um, never read something you've just written, always leave it a couple days. As you always read it as what is in your head, not on paper or screen. That is a legitimate point. Finish your story, hit the end, save it, leave it. Okay? Go take a couple days to relax, go back, read over, you know, what you, you've typed in, what your hard work has put forth, a couple days later because by that point your brain is not immersed in it and you're not automatically seeing all the small small words that you may not have put in um, Kira and I are very good at putting at producing something that looks fairly um, fairly professional when um, you know, when you, you get to the end of it, okay? Um, we are, both of us fairly practiced at, you know, uh, with, with rough trade, sounding like we're not polished, okay? Or sounding like we are polished when we're not, I should say. We're not, okay? Um, I know that when I reread stuff, I've missed words like and and uh, a couple of these, but it doesn't sound like it. And it doesn't so, read like it either because you your brain inputs what you want to see, mm -hmm. what you expect to see. Um, so a lot of times, especially when it comes to dialogue, the best thing you can do for yourself is to read out loud because then you um, mm -hmm. you can you trip the over the things that you're missing. <laughs> yeah, and hey. I write perfect technical English. I very rarely put in a contraction. I have to go back in and put in contractions. I have been told by Kira time and again, you need a contraction here, or she'll put in the contractions for me because I don't put them in. I write perfect English. My spoken English is about as far from perfect English as it gets. The thing about it is, is, is in dialogue, people use contractions when they speak. So I don't. When you're at least as far as really because you I just write. did. Well, okay, when when I when said, I write, I don't. I don't. Yes, when I write, though, I don't. But when you speak, you do. So when you're having dialogue mm -hmm. with your characters and they have no con um, contractions, it reads stilted and unnatural. Mm hmm So you I need to, to go listen through there how people and... talk. <clears throat> yeah. Or What's your writing a Vulcan? <laughs> we both did that at the same time, yeah. Unless you're writing a Vulcan or or some weird character who oh Taylor she's another one who doesn't use contractions, um you know, unless we're we're writing somebody who does not use contractions, um, you know, it, it's it's a it's a very different thing, um, to make sure that 
at the end of the whole process that my writing is appropriate. All right. Um, and it does take that, that eventual read through. I, I handwrite a lot. Okay. I yeah, she handwrite has a magic for the first that shit. It's a great thing. It works wonderfully. But the second round, which is normally once the magic pen has done its its job and I've uploaded everything into the computer, I have to reread everything to make sure that the magic pen hasn't taken my admittedly really interesting handwriting occasionally and turned out something that is not what I what I put in. And so um, I will have my handwriting on one thing because I've got my book in hand and I'm flipping from page to page and I've got my text in the other and I'm going, no, that just doesn't eh, make sense at all. That's you know, not what I they're said. not supposed to fuck a cantaloupe. <laughs> you know? I plot on paper. Nope. I do character work on paper. I do um, what I call plot clouding where I'll um, cloud, you know, I'll write letter words and circle them and con make connections mm -hmm. to characters and, you know, um, I do all that on paper, but I write exclusively on the computer um, or on my tablet. Mm -hmm. I have a tablet with a keyboard. I um, I train myself to do that. Now, Lady Holder's situation is different because she can't take a, a computer with her to work, so she writes on a notebook. Mm. But while I don't discourage physical writing, I will tell you that it adds a significant amount of time to your process unless you have a magic pen like she does where she can. Now, what the magic pen does is she uses a special notebook, and that notebook um, – the pen has a little computer in it, and it scans it out when the OCR is text bridge, and it takes it to the computer for her, which she does a little program, and it transcribes it into digital format so she can edit it in Word and work with it. But if you're transcribing from paper to computer on a regular basis, you are doubling your process. And um, if you want to write professionally, that's just something you're going to have to stop doing. <laughs> Not Lady Holder, because like I said, she has that really cool pen that works out for her. Um, or if you have a scanner oh, that will convert pen. to a Word document and, and do a text bridge for you. But that stuff isn't perfect either. Okay. It's just a great deal of work. What are you doing? Uh, he got dinner. Oh, and she got food. Um, <laughs> thank you. Have a good one. Yep. And it rained out here. So, you know, I live in the middle of the desert. The fact that it rained is a major fucking miracle out here. Um, <laughs> the Magic Pen is a... Um, I'll put up a link as soon as I get back to the computer. It is a very nice text-to... or handwriting-to-text pen, okay? It is not... I call it a magic pen because it probably catches, what, 80% of my handwriting, maybe more. Um, that little? And, huh? 80% is kind of low, isn't it? Well, it all depends on if I'm actually, um, when I actually. Trying to be neat. <laughs> try and be neat and tidy, it catches upward of 95%. When I'm sitting yeah. there and my handwriting is such that I'm actually looking at my actual handwriting and going, the fuck did I write? 
Okay, because I'll admit, my handwriting is not the neatest. And I'm looking at it going, dude, I have no clue. Um, and I hold it out and I kind of look at it and go, okay, I think I got the best guess. But the rest of the time, yeah, it's about 95%, you know, and it, it does a very good job occasionally with words that it doesn't know, it doesn't understand what I'm writing, but it's got a very specific, um, the, the pen itself doesn't have the computer. What the pen has is, is a, a blue it has a camera and a memory. And mm -hmm. it's from the camera and the memory that it goes in and it records um, the, no, and it records everything and puts it into a um, translator program that moves it around to the, the text or the, the handwriting to text program. And I'm sorry that was a paper bag of dinner memory. Yeah, this one does. The other one had eight. And I, I filled it. I did a really good job of actually, oh, yes, the last grade pen, that's the one. It's great. Um, the Echo, yeah, Echo is the one I I'm talking Dragon. about. I have Dragon I speaking Dragon. naturally. Um, you may or may not have noticed that I have a bit of an accent. <laughs> Just a little one. Little one, me and Dragon are like mortal enemies. I, it Dragon's is impossible. Not too fond of me I spent, I must have spent like a month trying to train Dragon to um to work with me, and it just would not. I, I couldn't do it. Dragon isn't too fond of me either. Okay, and part of it is when I am not two strawberry daiquiris, sorry, Azure, into um, less than sobriety, I actually have a fairly crisp middle, middle American accent. The problem is I talk too fast. And mm. um, Dragon sits there and barks at me for that. So, yeah, good times. Now, the problem, now, see, Dragon, using it for, like, essays or papers would be actually really good. But using it for fiction, which is heavy on dialogue, is terrible because it goes like this. I'm going to show you what you would have to do. I'm going to, you're going to listen, not show. I'm going to tell you what you have to do. Okay. After you get your word program up and everything's running, it would be like, begin quote. I don't want to do this, comma, end quote, Jack said, period, begin quote. This is stupid, period. I don't know why I agreed to do this, period, end quote. <laughs> and there's somewhere in there you have to I, enter. Well, no, that that was all one person. And then, then you enter. Then you get your next paragraph, whatever that might be. It's, it's, It's just not – I don't think it's conducive to fiction writing. It's it's, it's very um, – exactly, um, Julie says it feels clinical, and it does. It just – it takes the um, the beauty out of the, the language for me. And it, so you – know, and if I had no choice, I'd be all up in it. I mean, I would. If, if I literally had no choice, if I broke both my hands, I would be all in it. Um, 
because I can't not write. I mean, I literally can't not write. I write in my head every day. I write upwards. Um, I would say I've written over 500 novels just in my head that never made it to paper. And if I couldn't ever put anything to paper ever again, it would be just like, it would be life ruining. I think I would move out by you and, and say to hell with himself. And I'd sit there and, dic- and take dictation. Someone would have to. It would be terrible. I would. I mean, it would. It would, it would ruin my life. Oh fuck you! <laughs> he got dinner. Well, why is he asking me for dinner? Because he's being a bitch. <laughs> hmm. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is a successful marriage. I have a cousin who got married to um, today. As a matter of fact, um, she got married today in Florida. She had a beach wedding. Um, but she called me, um, well, her her mom called me and put her on the phone because she was having wedding jitter, jitters, and she had a destination wedding, and I couldn't attend because of um, health issues. But um, I'm kind of disappointed because I would like to have gone. And um, her, her husband-to-be, her now husband, um, is actually pretty wealthy, and um, we're firm middle class in my family, and so he's like Old South money. I'm not saying his ancestors owned a plantation, but I'm sure it's pretty likely. And he's he's actually he's very liberal, and um, he's just he's a fucking rock star. I mean, he's got money. He's liberal. He donates to charity, and he volunteers at the homeless shelter. She's she's like hit the mother load, right? And she's she's calling me because she's thinking that maybe she shouldn't marry this very wealthy man who donates his time to. Feeding the homeless and to the animal shelter. Did you suggest? It's fucking ridiculous, right? And he yeah, didn't make her sign a prenup. I'm just saying. So I asked her. The fuck is wrong with that girl? Does Does he put up with your shit? And she said yes. I said, can you put up with his shit? And she said yes. I said, well, then that is the key to a successful marriage. I said, you better get your ass down there and your dress looking like a fucking goddess and get in that gazebo and get ready to get married. Pretty much. I'll what agree with Because <laughs> he loves her ass. I'm going to tell you that. If you're marrying a man with money and he doesn't ask you to sign a prenup, that's because he stupidly loves you. Get on mm-hmm. that. That's so clear. Yep. That's so terrible. And I don't care. I don't care. The, the crazy thing is, is himself but she and did I get married. married. She did get married. Um, there were pictures on Facebook today. And um, oh, she cute. sent me a thank you note, and um, he sent me a thank you note because apparently uh, he heard <laughs> about the talk. I hope he didn't actually hear the entire content of, of the pep talk, but um, I'm not sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, to, to give you an idea, him, himself and I have been married for 16 years. Oh, my God. That's all? Fuck you cordially <laughs> with the pine cones. I won't lube it. Go away. Wow. Cordially. That's the best part. <laughs> She's such a fucking lady over there. Do you hear her? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we've been My husband and years. I have, let's see, hold on. I have to do some math because it's terrible because I had to be reminded of my anniversary. Isn't that terrible? I'm so <laughs> Um, hey, I made sure that mine was on a date I wouldn't forget. Oh, actually, 
actually, that's ridiculous because it's been 15 years. I should remember that, right? Yeah, you're a year less than me. 15 years. So. And um, so, yeah. Yeah. You will never hear my husband yelling in the background. Um, mm-hmm. That's never going to happen. Uh, unless he were to cut something off in the kitchen and need my help. Um, he's not much of a yeller, uh, and um, no. Mine, on the other hand, hasn't figured out what his inside voice is some days. I mean, he's, really. He's very extroverted. Yeah, this is why you've basically told um, me and mine that we're not getting the two of ours together. <sighs> It'd be terrible. Um, mm-hmm. I um, I do think the key to a successful marriage is finding someone who'll put up with your shit. Um, I, yeah, I, I really that do works. believe that. Um, because uh, I, I I'm gonna lay it out here for you. I am a really lucky woman. Um, I don't work except for writing. I um, I fuck around a lot. I make very little money, and um, I mean I do cook. Yes, you do, and apparently you cute. cook quite well. And you finally figured out pot roast. I did. I fucking own a pot roast now. Um, I even make my own pasta at home. I'm just saying I'm, you know, I'm pretty slick in the kitchen. Um, but so um, I'm basically, uh, yeah. <laughs> but he makes all the money, and, and, and that's the trade-off. Because if I worked for a living, he'd be getting pasta out of a box. <laughs> blame me for that. But no, you know, yeah, everybody's it, got this unhealthy thing to, with lube. I think that also, well, no, lubrication is important. It's not. There's nothing unhealthy about being obsessed with lube. Lubrication is That's pretty much trying a to get him back. Look, if I'm going to step a up my husband's ass, it's not going to be lubed. Let's be real. I mean, I mean, I think that's a bad idea. Because what if you damage the prostate, which could damage his ability to get an erection? And do you really want that? The problem is, my husband is so far on the side of the het thing that his reaction to seeing two guys sit there side by side and hold each other's hand is to clap his hands over his eyes and scream, No! All right, he's just no. It doesn't it mean is. you want his dick to stop working for you. No, you gotta think true. of yourself. Think of yourself first. Don't do anything to damage the dick because you might need it later. This is not rule. This is like this is minion rule number three, and it applies to everybody. Do not damage the dick, whether it is real or bought, because you might need it later. This applies to everybody: lesbians, gay people, heterosexual people, everybody. Don't damage the dick. Did I ever tell you what the hubby got me for Christmas one year, and insisted that I unwrap in the middle of my sister's living room? And my niece is looking at me going, Aunt Lady Holder, what did you get for Christmas? And, of course, I get a nice glass dildo. Ah, that's great. I love mine. <laughs> I think it's great, it's too, fabulous. my sister. You can warm it up with hot water. You can put it, you can put it in hot water, and it's uh-huh. really nice and warm. And then it slides in like dessert. That's like fucking yes, cake. My, I mean, it is amazing. Yes, but, it's like a vacation. I I. I the That's pro- like a vacation dick. I, the problem is, I got my sister. Yes, my sister is is very much a 
we do not discuss these things in front of people. By people, I mean my niece. So, yeah, whatever. Well, don't damage your dick. It. Don't damage your dick, whether you bought it or whether it's attached to somebody. Don't damage your dick. Right. I take good care of my dick. My theoretical one and the one I married. I hug and it and pet it and love it, and I'll call the damn thing George for all I care. I don't call it George. <laughs> well, to quote an abominable snowman, I'll call mine George. <clears throat> but no. What were we discussing? I renamed the radio show for future <laughs> reference because we didn't even, I mean, just whatever. <laughs> I'm not even trying but to keep I do on believe How about that, that lubrication is the sort of supply you should keep for whatever. Practically any situation you're in would be better with lube. This I agree with. This I totally agree with. Oh, I disagree. On many a day, I only married his dick. Days, I married all of him, but there were some days when, then, no, I just married his dick. Well, yeah, I can live with that. You know, there's there's some days where, you know, some days that, that, you know, the penis is the only thing I like about him anyhow, so, you know. Exactly. I expect to have a very affronted face looking. You know, I expect to have a very affronted face looking around the office door soon. But whatever. Hmm. Um. Then again, he also was nice enough to get me one of my a glass one of my very own. So you know. But really, yeah, absolutely. Let's go back to that. Um. I I have a glass one and um they're amazing. It really is like a vacation dildo. It's like um it's like a whole new level. <laughs> Here here's the thing. Uh, I am actually Do you remember me putting up the 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 I think it's somewhere buried way back in my Facebook. There is a link to a 55 gallon drum of lube yeah. on Amazon. Yeah. And I'm going to work that into a story one of these days. Just she always says it's it, but she's so, never done it. I, I know exactly which one I'm going to work it into. I haven't gotten to to that particular scene yet, Lube but I'm getting it in there. everything better. Well, you know, you can make a slip and slide with that stuff, but hey, you know, not exactly what I'm aiming for. That's really for. not what we would use it for. Mm. <laughs> not so much, no. Um, but all I can think of is... You know, I can honestly see, in some ways, I can honestly see one of either your Rodney's or my Rodney's sitting there with his one personal item. And he's taking a very liberal uh, interpretation of his one personal item to be his, his collection, one collection of dildos. And it's his <laughs> collection of glass dildos. And he knows, because he's seen the, the manifest, that there is going to be several of these glass, or, or several of these 55-gallon drums of lube coming through for, for medical. 
And so he's perfectly content that he's going to bring his glass to those, which can be cleaned in an autoclave. And he's got his, his, all the things he needs to enjoy himself. And that's his one. I regularly life. toss mine in the dishwasher. I don't care. By itself, not not off my dishes, not 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 off my dishes, but by itself. But no, seriously, the first time I I, I used um, the glass one, I uh, got some hot water and I dropped it, not dropped it, I put it into the hot water, and um, dudes, dudes, my toes curled and my eyes crossed. I, I just. You can do that with the reverse of the with ice cold water as well. Oh no no so no! So that no, way you can no see. I'm not cold. I'm not someone. No, you can you can put it in the fridge or you can do cold water on it and it cools it down. Um, but I don't like cold. I don't like ice either. Um, but oh Jesus. Mhm. So when I say that's the vacation one, it is totally the vacation one. I mean, it is like if you want to have a little mini staycation in your home, get one. <laughs> Lock the door, mm-hmm. run some hot water, and get a get a bottle of um, really good lubrication, maybe one of those ones that gets warm with friction, and just you're welcome. <laughs> you are welcome. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. And by the wow. way, <laughs> there are some of those things that are, they're fairly standard where you've got the nice, long, straight one that has no real interesting features to it. Yeah, and mine, then you've got the ones with the nubbies or the curves are, hey, rippled. Mine's rippled like it's got, yeah. um, it's kind of like tubes on top of each other. You know, it's got like, it's ribbed for her pleasure. <laughs> Works for me. <laughs> you know, all I can see think now I now that I think about this is and ties the bind, not just that 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 different anal art, if you will, of the the um uh butt plugs, if you will, because that was something that was commented on in there. But all of the different um glass um, and different colored glass items for play, that would probably go over well in that universe. Yeah. Now, John and yeah. me buy some in one of the episodes, but I never actually used them. And I don't know why. It, it, it just never worked into it. It just... Um, now here, see again. Here I am. I spend like fifteen minutes talking about masturbating with a glass dildo, but apparently I'm still caught up on Reed calling his ass a cunt because I'm still thinking about it. It's I kept it, and I'm not gonna edit it out during beta. I'm gonna keep it because I want to. Um, I'm forcing myself to to. Accept all the weird shit that your brain puts out. I'm. I'm pushing myself. I'm pushing, pushing, pushing. Uh, mm-hmm. that, I think it's important to push yourself as a writer too, because that. See, I told you the doom dick. Holy shit! Yeah, I remember that one. I told you one. it really yep. did go to his knee. I think it's photoshopped. I hope it's photoshopped. Uh, I don't think it is. That's the worst part. I don't think it is either, and that's 
Actually, you know, where the two veins meet on the side, shouldn't that just be one long vein? I mean, maybe it's kind of fucked up because of his size. I don't know. Anyways. I think there's actually another one on the other side. Head. And actually, that's not even erect. Let's hope he's a shower and not a grower. That's fucking disturbing. In all the ways of the word. <laughs> God. He wait. He there's no. I don't think he could maintain a full on erection. And um. So, but yeah. Those of you in the chat room have seen the Doom Dick. And no, I am not putting that link on my radio show. Um, <laughs> if you would like to see um, uh, the the Dick of Doom, um, Azura's Join on chat. Facebook. We'll, we'll show you there. <laughs> or if you go into chat one night and you see her there, you can ask her, can I see that penis that's supposed to be down to that man's knee? It was on Kira's uh-huh. chat, our Kira's radio show, and Azura will be happy to show it to you. She yes, has a whole she will, or I will. That's just the one that sticks out in my brain permanently. There's in my that brain. white guy. It's never going to go away. Um, There's that white guy who had one not, that you. That, yeah, but that one really didn't want to stick in my brain. I don't think, honestly, he could get an erection and keep it. Uh, it, it I don't know. It censored her link. My chat room uh, attached to my radio show um, censors um, dick, but not cock. You can say cock all day long. (laughs) Well, see, cock Mm -hmm. has dual purpose. It means penis, but it also is an animal. Um, But I I, I think you can say ass, too. But uh, No, actually, it censors that one. But does it... Um, apparently, we, <laughs> apparently that link leads to the Dicks of Doom. Wait. It is censored. <clears throat> uh, I don't it, know. It censored dick, though. And it censors cunt, too. Um, so, but yeah, it, but it doesn't censor cock. It's great. Okay. Well, then. <laughs> now people are in the chat room calling out different cuss words and dirty words to see if they work. How about pussy? Clit. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't um, hit clit. I don't um, think it recognizes that that's a bad word. Anus. It doesn't do pussy, but it's also because pussy is pussy. And mm-hmm. that's terrible. I can't believe I just said that on my radio show. Ah, <laughs> Yuck. That, that's a mental thing that I just don't want. Thank you awfully. Blur. Yeah, I was just busting that out might, asshole. Might. It is amazing what you can get away with in the chat room, and then it censors dick. So, yeah, that's that, that's a thing. But if you want to see the dicks of doom, do um, ask Azur in the chat room the next time you see her, and she'll be happy to show them to you. She's, she's quite proud of her collection on Tumblr. Mm-hmm. She's more than willing to pass that you link know. around for you. Or I think if I put really it on my, on my thing, on my, I think if I put it on Blog Talk, I, I might get, get kicked off Blog Talk. So There's a distinct possibility. <laughs> if you really want to be adventurous, ask Azur if she will be willing to go ahead and um, put forth the, the stuff that she uses to freak uh, CP out with. And if she's willing to put, 
Yes. But she's actually desensitized him a lot. Um, it's amazing. Um, he doesn't even blink an eye at some of the stuff now. It just. But the first time he saw a pregnant Batman, he flipped his shit. <laughs> um. Yeah. Apparently, um, the the newbies in chat, if they can't figure out that we are. We're a group of people that, you know, we we take that whole um, cock-worshipping cult thing to the max. You know, it happens, it's going to happen, and there's going to be cocks out for everybody to see. And we're not talking about the ones with feathers. So, you know, yeah. Twenty seconds, huh? Took you that long. The chat room on my side is not for the faint of heart, and it shouldn't be done in public. Not so you much, no. the chat in public. Um, you shouldn't get in on the chat with small children around. And if you haven't figured it out already, you shouldn't listen to my radio show without headphones if you're not alone in your house. Oh, my God. I know, right? Can you imagine? No, not really. I Tell I, them I the flip. story about you. Um, I was... Um, talking to Lady Holder, and she was in her car, mm-hmm. and was it Barbara? Was with us. Was with Might us. have been. And um, we were chatting over her car system, which apparently, um, apparently I sound quite loud on it, um, because mm-hmm. she actually got told to, go ahead, tell, say. I, at the time, was sitting at um, Barbara's, by Barbara's house, and um, we were sitting there, and we were laughing and chatting, and, and in general, having a very good time, and I had my, my car was still on, and I had to ace, because we were talking, and to get off the phone at that point, Kira was still talking with Barbara, and Barbara was still talking with her, and hey, I was talking with both of them, so turning it off would mean it was just on my headset. So we're we're all laughing and scratching and I actually had somebody come up to my car and tell me that I was being too loud. That we we were um we were disturbing his evening or whatever because and by the way my windows are closed. All right, I have everything closed up. I have a sunroof. It's closed. And apparently us laughing and scratching and having a good time was just disturbing this gentleman to the to whatever degree he felt was, you know, his his level of disturbance. And yeah. It's like really dude? She didn't let me have an really? opinion. I don't know. Yeah. There's no and reason for, the record, for you to get involved with an opinion of my foot is um, itching, and I blame her because she keeps mentioning scratching, and every time she does, my foot stops, starts fucking itching. I'm just saying. Which one? You've broken both. I know, right? Um, you break anything I have else, a listener if it's a major, who if it's a, um, listen. What? If you break a leg, I expect to see 250,000 words dropped in my, my email. <laughs> Whenever I break something, she gets a huge story. That's how both Big Harry Potter story happened. Um, both Birth of the Serpent King and um, 
uh, war mages began that way with, uh, with a broken foot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, forgot what I was going to say. I don't know. Um, I know. Oh God. If she, if Rowan, if she breaks a thumb, I expect dragon naturally speaking to come back to me and say, look, you know, you know, this person, what the fuck is wrong with her? Because by the way, you have to train the dictionary. It hates go old. All right. It hates <laughs> tiltack. It hates attack. It take it, it. It's reaction to wraith is okay. That's fine. But it's reaction to any word that is not standard is basically incomprehensible. I don't understand this. So it will try and come up with something that is close to it. And attack, I think, got hatch. H-A-T-C-H. Yeah. Something like that. Which is nothing yeah. close um, to attack. No. Oh, 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 I was going to tell you. Um, I have a listener from my radio show who downloads her um, copies of my radio show through iTunes onto her iPod. And she takes it on public transit. So <laughs> during that... During that whole radio show that I spent speaking about, it wasn't her iPod, it was her iPhone. This is important because the iPod, I don't think, has a speaker, but the iPhone does. Okay, so here's the thing. If you don't plug your headphones completely into a device, sometimes it'll play on your headphones and on the device. Did you know that? (laughs) She didn't know that. Um, Because she's listening to the episode where I got straight up graphic about anal sex and the things you can and cannot put in your ass and she's listening to it on a subway in New York City. <laughs> oh god, that's great. And apparently 15 minutes into that broadcast and if you broadcast, it's terrible, right? So she... I may have to go re-listen to that thing. The man comes up to her and says, "Honey, we can hear, we can hear that. You need to put your headphones in." Then she realized the entire um, car of people had heard me talking about butt sex, and so she sends me an email. And my only response, I, I put a hashtag "Not Sorry" on it. <laughs> what am I supposed to do? We're down to sixty seconds. I hope you guys have a great wow. rest of the weekend and a great week. And Rough Trade's doing well. Go over there and read. It is. There's lots of porn and story and fun and, and angst. And, and just just go in there and dig in. There's good. a whole bunch of stories. It's and good. So, it's, it's doing it really good. Holder. I'm really proud of everyone. Good night, Lady Holder. <laughs> Shut up. Hey, I'm no ass.
Old Navy, two days only, starting tomorrow. Get 50% off all dresses, all jumpsuits, and all rompers. That's right. All dresses, jumpsuits, and rompers are on sale for 50% off tomorrow and Sunday at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 511 to 512. Excludes in-store clearance. 500 vehicles to sell. 500 ways to save. One month only at Bill Penny Mitsubishi during Mega Memorial Month. Now through May 31st, we will accept your credit application. A $200 down payment and a $350 a week paycheck can get you a new Mitsubishi. Don't forget, every new vehicle comes with our 10-year unlimited warranty. You can win 5000 with our 5K test drive giveaway. Visit BillPennyMitsubishi.com. To qualify buyers on a free credit, warranty valid through 10-year ownership on new vehicles only. One entry per household per month. Must be 21 with valid driver's license and insurance. See dealer for details. 